Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to a very special joint A's Plus and Giant Splash podcast. It's special because for the first time, all four of us who cover the A's and Giants for the San Francisco Chronicle are together for a roundtable ahead of this weekend's renewal of the Bay Bridge series between the A's and Giants. This time, three games at Oracle Park starting Friday night. Well, this is this is great. I I don't think that this might be the first time we've had all all four of us here on a, on a Zoom. So let let's do roll call. I'm Henry. Uh, I'm Susan. Okay, Susan, you here? My name is John Shea. I cover baseball. Okay, and uh, the other Matt, one, Matt oh, Kawahara. Matt. Okay, hey, Matt Kawahara. All right. Uh, anybody else? Cubby, Annette, Jimmy. Nobody under eighty <laughs> is going to get that. Um, <laughs> So uh, it's it's a Mouseketeer thing, Matt. You can look it up. Um, it. Well, welcome. This is this is great. Uh, so the first Giants A's uh, Bay Bridge series of the season, and um, these two teams are neck and neck for best team in baseball. Um, the A's are what? Yeah, thirteen and six, I think. Uh, best record in the American League, and the uh, I think the second best record in the majors, uh, behind the Cubs. And the Giants are down there at eight and twelve after you know, a really bad trip. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the one thing I've noticed, uh, you know, Susan and Matt, you can talk about this because you've seen this pitching. Uh, we're going to have a great pitching, like three great pitching matchups. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and remember these off the top of my head. So uh, it'll be uh, Montas versus Cueto on Friday. Then Luzardo versus, um, who do we got? Gosman on Saturday. Right, Saturday. And then Webb, who, you know, might be the Giants' best starter right now, uh, versus Manaya on on Sunday. I mean, you guys, A's guys, want to weigh in on this pitching that the A's have had? Well, yeah. I mean, the A's, the rotation on paper looks tremendous. Uh, in practice, Manaya actually has been a little bit of the weak link. Uh, he started off the season in a very strange rut where he was just going okay through the first, the first time through the opposing lineup and then giving it up. And then as last time, it was basically not great from the get go. So uh, everyone else is faring fairly, fairly well, except for fires is coming off a not the best start, but yeah, the, the rotation theoretically is among, <laughs> among the best in baseball. I would say. Montas is looking great. He's an AO player of the week last week. And, I don't think he's what is he giving up one run in the last fourteen innings in his last two starts, so he's probably pitching the best out of anybody in that rotation. Yeah, hey, I, 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 I get. I, I got to ask you guys. I'm sorry, but how, how come the A's are so good with all these batting averages that are way below three hundred? There's one guy hitting above two seventy, Robbie Grossman. Everybody else in the one hundreds and the low two hundreds. How are they getting it done? That's a great question. Home runs. John Shea, you've covered the A's enough over the years to know that they're not always the most diverse kind of lineup. They don't score in a lot of different ways. Very, very little small ball. Uh, we're not even seeing it with a runner on second and extra innings, really. 
they're, they're swinging for the fences. Uh, and yeah, you're right. Now the, the one guy that's really been going most of the year is Ramon Laureano, who they're probably about to lose for four year, four games and probably the entire Giants series. Home runs and home runs and pitching bullpen's been great too. They played a lot of low scoring games and they've won a lot of, I think one and two run games. So it's been key. Well, I love, I love Tony Kemp's, uh, the slash line, 259, 429, 259. I mean, <laughs> what? He, he gets on base all the time, but, you know, that's enough. That's it. That's all you got to do. Yeah, and meanwhile, Donovan Solano has a lower uh, on-base percentage than batting average uh, because of the sacrifice fly. I, you know, you just brought up the, uh, the suspension thing. Why, why is it that Joe Kelly got to wait, like, I mean, he, he – Joe Kelly, you know, threw at all those Astros, like, it seems like about two months ago. Uh, and he, you know, he, he still hasn't been suspended. I mean, he, he was on the IL, and he just finally, after like weeks, got his appeal heard. And, you know, he got it knocked down to five games, which is now actually a game less than Laureano. Why, why did Laureano get, you know, get his so, so quickly? And, um, I mean, did, did the A's want him to serve it against the Giants because it was like a good time to serve it? I think the A's would like him to be serving it during intra-league play. So Giants, and then they've got Arizona coming up next week. So whatever the amount of the suspension, and, and uh, I highly suspect it will get knocked down from six to four. Uh, they wanted it not against the division. And I think MLB does look at that incident uh, and understand clearly what happened. Uh, there was an instigator, the Astros hitting coach, Alex Intron, and uh, Loriana really was pretty much provoked into that. And I think the fact that the appeal is being heard quickly and the suspension might be served in games that don't necessarily kill the A's in potentially in the division, um, this may be an indication of the fact that the league is going like, yeah, you know what? Not, not really this guy's fault. Shouldn't have done it in the coronavirus age. The safety protocols are hugely clear. Severe punishment that will not be prorated based on a shortened season. Uh, but in this case, there's absolutely no, no, no question who started that whole thing. Stop talking, Matt. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if, 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 one of you, if one of you guys, like, said something about my mother, I would come through this Zoom right now, and I would, I would, I would get suspended for a couple of weeks. I mean, I, I, you know, I mean, it's – it's almost like perfect. You know, you get a coach suspended for 20 games. Like, what's to stop him from getting on the phone and telling a guy, hey, you know, you're, you know, you're leading out with your front shoulder. Uh, and he provoked a guy who, you know, who's like their division rival and, uh, you know, and he's going to lose games in the field. I mean, not that the Astros look like they're any great shakes. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, a cynic might say, Perhaps there was a little bit uh, more intention there than to just provoke that. They essentially got the guy that one guy that had been playing well for their top division rival, which was slowly starting to pull away from them. They got him popped with a suspension. So uh, I don't know if the Astros have any sort of history of doing anything untoward in, like that. I, <laughs> <laughs> that would lead to any suspicions, but you know, Hey, that's just maybe what a cynic might say. Yeah, John, I mean, I, I don't know, John, we've covered the last three giants Astros games and I mean, I didn't hear any trash cans banging, but they, they didn't take anything that was outside of the strike zone. And they, I mean, they took everything outside of the strike zone and they only swung at pitches over the plate. So, I mean, so they had to have had, they had to have known what was coming, right, John? Well, Zach Greinke was stealing signs of oh, yeah. his own. <laughs> he was giving them. He was tipping <laughs> off the patterns on what was coming next. So they still didn't do anything with it. I know. He worked in that in Oakland too. Did he? Yeah. No, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. 
he, poor Brandon Belt. You know, here's Zach Greinke putting up one <laughs> finger and going, you know, oh, fastball. And, you know, then he throws a fastball at 88 and Belt can't hit it. Oh, I'd love to cover Zach Greinke. The stories oh, you hear wonderful. about that guy are phenomenal. He was sitting in the stands with the cutouts of the Coliseum during his start. I, no, I love him. He's got – And, and he, the, there was a rookie umpire uh, first time behind the plate last night, and the second to last batter, he, he was giving him pointers. Like, hey, you, that, that was a strike. You got to do better next time. You know, work on that. It's like, what, what? And everybody could hear it because nobody is there. So it was captured. It's all over you know, Twitter. But um, anyway, I, I, I love that this is just A's talk. Forget the Giants, right? Well, yeah. Well, we, we that, I mean, the A's didn't have the much next. going on this week. Well, we have to recognize, we have to recognize um, you know, I mean, part of it is Matt's hogging the conversation. But I mean, other than that, I mean, the A's are. You know, the A's are doing great. But, okay, to John's point, um, the, the Giants' 3-7 uh, and seven road trip, they won one game in each city, Los Angeles, Denver, and Colorado. I mean, their schedule has been brutal. I mean, uh, the Giants always want to start at home, I mean, on the road, uh, so they get more home games later. But they start with four in L.A. They come home for a six-game respite, then with no day off have to play four at Coors Field, three more at Dodger Stadium, and then, you know, three, three at Houston. So, I don't know, John. You know, they're what are they eight and twelve? Is that, I mean, considering the way they've kicked the ball around, is is that terrible? No, I don't think so. That's four games under five hundred. I mean, five hundred would have been a miracle, and they played five hundred at home. You can't play five hundred at home and go three and seven on a trip and go five hundred. I mean, you just have to dominate at home, and they don't do that. And I don't think they're equipped to do that because their defense isn't clean. And the rotation up until at least the last few days just didn't go far at all. I mean, they set a franchise record. They set a major league record for opening the season with the uh, the longest streak of games without going five innings. And uh, I, I don't think they have a quality start yet. Not that they even know what that is, because this is such a young staff that quality start was like antiquated in the 80s. But, but um, you know, they just want uh, – you know, two times through the lineup and then go to the bulk guy and, you know, stuff that was over Bruce Bochy's head and all he did was win three titles. But uh, it's, it's um, it, I, I just don't think that, you know, there's, there's a lot of hope for, I mean, they were, they were talking about contending because most of the teams make the playoffs in a 60 game season. What is it? 18, 16 out of 30. So, um, you have to go 500 to, to be a playoff team, like an NBA team or NHL team when most teams make playoffs. But they're just not clean enough to do it right now. Oh, I mean, that, I don't know. I, I have Giants questions, by the way. Yeah, go ahead. For you guys, because I, I only pay vague attention, I'll be honest, to the Giants and, and the A's are playing them. Like, what is going on with Kapler? I keep seeing headlines about decisions and where is he as a manager right now? Is he, um, you know, for what they are trying to accomplish, what kind of job is he doing? Well, I mean, first of all, he, he came into the job with the, uh, you know, the Q rating of Godzilla. I mean, he, you know, he already had three strikes against him. And then he made like, you know, he's made some questionable pitching decisions. Uh, he, uh, I mean, in, in, he, he went in Cueto, with throwing a no hitter and he lost it in the sixth inning when um, Hunter Pence lost a ball in the sun and, and Cueto kept like giving it up. And he had a, he had a, a bunion, not, not a bunion. What do you call it? A, something on his big toe. And uh, he was in clear pain and he let him in. Uh, Kapler let him stay in. And then uh, Justin Turner hit a bomb and 
The Giants ended up winning that game, but uh, there he might have left Cueto in too long. Um, and then the next day, Kevin Gausman, who actually did throw, have the quality start, John. Um, Gausman was pitching a, uh, shutout, yeah, right. like a shutout into the seventh inning, I think it was. And, uh, you know, after 80 pitches, he took him out uh, and, and claimed that um, it was because he had been up and down seven times and it was a hot day. And, the, you know, the fans didn't really buy that. So he left the game and then it all kind of went kablooey. He brought Tyler Rogers in and then uh, Rogers gave up a, a three run bomb to AJ Pollock and then they lost. And, and then with Logan Webb, he kept him in, you know, after throwing 36 pitches in one inning, 70 pitches in three. And so he's gotten some grief for his, uh, you know, pitch management. And it's just, uh, it, it, it's because he, that was his, the knock against him in Philly. So he already came in with that reputation, but you know, I, uh, I think he's done an okay job given the fact that he has no, no experience in his bullpen. The organization purposely decided that they weren't going to let starters go deep into games to start the season. You know, the, the, lineups, the lineups he's written have, have been okay. I mean, he got some grief for uh, sticking with Hunter Pence, you know, too long, and then Pence comes up and, you know, basically wins the game for them the other night in Houston. So I think it's kind of too early to say. I don't know. What are they trying to get accomplished this season? What I mean, they, they're still in a rebuilding phase. Obviously, pretty much everyone makes the playoffs this year, but is that the focus or is it really just getting experience in a short season for all these guys going forward? Well, it's a fine line between rebuilding and having the other guys play out their careers. I mean, they got all these championship uh, folks who have two or three rings and Sandoval and Belt and Crawford, and they also have Longoria and Cueto who weren't there, you know, Hunter Pence came back as well, but everybody is signed through next season. I mean, Pablo and Hunter Pence through this season, Samarja through this season, but the rest of those guys are signed through next season with Longoria um, one more year beyond that. So it's a, it's a fine line between respecting the older guys who have been there and done that, who just aren't producing and waiting you know, for the young guys to come in and, and make their mark. Now, the heart of the team is in Sacramento. Those are the players who are going to take over the roster next year and the year after. And we're talking, you know, Joey Bard and Elliot Ramos and even Marco Luciano, who's 18 and a shortstop, the heir apparent to Brandon Crawford. And these guys are just dynamic prospects, you know, and maybe the best the Giants have had in a long, long time. In terms of hitters, they've had pitchers, but 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 I mean, <clears throat> what, what what they're trying to do now is you know hope for these older guys to start hitting, but we're already through one third of the season. And by the way, last week was one quarter of the season, and pretty soon it's going to be one half the season. This is a quick pace season, so you can't keep waiting for these guys to emerge and start hitting as their track records over their careers would suggest they do. What's the what's the Bart situation right now? Is there any impetus for them to to maybe bring him up at some point? Well, the fans one hundred percent of the fans say yeah. they want him now, <laughs> and the front office keeps saying they need to develop. They don't want to bring him up too early. They'd rather bring him up later than uh, is, than the time you know that they should bring him up. But uh, every major leaguer who's ever asked through Zoom on the Giants, who do you like down there? They always start with Bart. And the latest was Derek Rodriguez. 
who said, this guy is major league ready now offensively and defensively. And Farhan Zaidi and the general manager and the manager himself keep saying, you know, there's, there's more to develop. Henry, what's your take? Uh, so I think they should bring him up, but not for the same reason all the fans do. Um, the fans want him to come up because they, you know, they want him to hit home runs. Uh, but, you know, the catching, the Giants catching situation with Heinemann and Trump, these are journeyman guys. I mean, Heinemann's journeyman. Trump is fairly young still. Uh, he just, you know, he, he had a shoulder injury, so that kind of wrecked his career. He's a promising catcher. But, you know, when you think of Buster Posey, um, Yadier Molina, other catchers of that, you know, ilk, they have a presence behind the plate. They command a presence. They're more than just one guy out of nine who are on the field. And uh, what I saw in, in spring training, especially in summer camp, was when Bart was behind the plate, the, the Giants had more heft to them. Um, and that's what they need right now. Because, I mean, they're, right now they're like the worst defensive team in the majors and probably the worst defensive Giants team in history. Um, and, uh, I mean, I think they need that. And, and, and the thing that, I mean, what struck me in summer camp was how good he was behind the plate. And like John said that, you know, all the, that's what all the guys are saying about him. And, uh, you know, uh, we're recording this on Thursday morning. It would not stun me if he were up for the A's series. I don't know. Well, here's my question. If they, they keep talking about wanting him to develop, there's not really competition in these, uh, you know, alternate sites to sort of inter-squad stuff. Wouldn't he get really more of a chance to develop? You don't want a guy necessarily developing at the big leagues, but when there's not much of an alternative, why not have him? He's going to get more at bats. He's going to get see real pitching and et cetera. If they just bring him up now, if they're not expecting to win this season. Well, it's funny you ask that because I was asking Derek Rodriguez, who just came up from Sacramento, that same question. I said, what do you got to prove that you're facing the same guys over and over and over? He said, well, that's tough because – um, you know, normal minor league season, every week you're seeing two or three different teams and, you know, tendencies and uh, you see everything different. And um, so that's how you look. But now they're facing the same thing, you know, same guys over and over. And what Rodriguez said is it's good in terms of learning how to adjust because you're facing them on a Tuesday and then you might face them on a Friday or Saturday. And they are adjusting to you and you've got to learn how to adjust to them rather than facing new guys every time in the minors where there is no adjustment period. So, you know, and he equated that to the major leagues, especially this season when you're playing the same teams over and over and you're not playing the central, you're not playing the East, you're just playing teams from, from the West. So, you know, that's, that's his take. And I, I guess I could see both sides, but. Uh, you know, my impression of the alternate sites is they're about a quarter to a third of very low level prospects, some of the better, you know, first recent first rounders. So they have a place to go. So the level, it's not like this is necessarily triple A level competition. Plus, when it's your own teammates that you're playing against, I can't imagine that the adrenaline is the same as it would be in a regular, say, triple A game. Okay, well, let's just stop right there for the moment so that we can do some business, as they say on television. And we will get right back to the Matt Kawahara show right after this. You ready? Showtime. 
On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. John Shea is here. Susan Slusser is here. Matt Kawahara is here. I, Henry Shulman, am here. Matt Kawahara, you used to cover the Giants and the A's both when you worked for the Sacramento Bee. You didn't travel on the road. You went from, um, you went from the Giants uh, when they were home to the A's when they were home. You covered Bruce Bochy on one end. You covered Bob Melvin on the other end. Two completely different teams. What was that like? And let's be honest, just, you, you get, and nobody's listening to this. Which did you like covering more? Be very careful. Oh, that's a loaded question. Um, it was—I mean, it was very different. I mean, that was uh, in in the middle, and then in the wake of uh, of the Giants' run of the three towels in five years. So I think there was still, for a couple of years anyway, there was still sort of that like um, honeymoon period, or sort of everything was there was still a lot of the same guys and a lot of the same feeling there. And I I felt you know, just from a coverage standpoint, sometimes like the A's uh, were a little bit more accessible. Sometimes I, it was a different makeup of team. I mean, they had a lot of, a lot of turnover, a lot of, you know, younger guys, they always bring up a bunch of guys during the season. So you would get a lot of, of younger guys up in that clubhouse. And um, it was, it felt like a, a little bit more of an accessible team to, to get to know. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting being there now. I think uh, I'm trying to remember because there was about a two and a half year gap or three years where um, wasn't covering baseball. I'm trying to remember who was there at that point. Uh, Melvin, obviously, Marcus Simeon, I think, was there. Mark Canna. But it's it's a lot oh, of turnover. That, so all the Cal guys? Is that what you're saying? Pretty much all the Cal guys. Yeah, those are the only ones I remember. <laughs> hey, I just did a nice podcast with a, with a Stanford guy. So you got to be proud of me for that. Um, that, is, that was big of you. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I thought so. Um, so Giants and A's. Um, I mean, I'm looking this up today. The, over, the, over the course of interleague play since they began, uh, 60 and 64 for the Giants, 64 and 60 for the A's, obviously. Uh, the Giants took three of four last year. I don't remember how they did that. Uh, and over the last 10 years, exactly 25 and 25. So I'm guessing, look, it, I mean, do these teams really get up for each other? Do they really care? I mean, I, I hear them talk about this battle of the Bay, you know, and how it's, I mean, are, are they just saying that? I mean, I because these, these are the pretty top competitive levels. games. Yeah. I think at the top level, sure they do. You know, and Cavill ruffled a lot of feathers with all his, you know, sort of fan things to, to get people into it. And, you know, that whole nonsense with charging Giants fans for the park and all of that. Um, but I think on a player, from a player standpoint, I don't know if anybody sees an interleague series as like a real rivalry, you know, they want to win every game, but, uh, they don't see the Giants that much except for spring training, and it doesn't really factor that much in, into their real quest, which is to make the playoffs and, and go on. And especially now that it's shorter, you know, uh, there, there are fewer inter, interdivision games. Yeah, you know, one-tenth one of the season is going to be Giants versus A's. What, I'm sorry, John, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, no, I, I think it mattered more um, when the managements were different, you know, going back to the Haas family and then Lurie and then the early McGowan years. 
because uh, you know the, they used to play a lot more in spring training, um, and then you know now obviously Farhan Zaidi runs the Giants, and all his buddies are with the A's. So it, it's it's not. I remember you know when Sandy Alderson and Al Rosen were in charge, they just they just didn't like each other, um, you know, in terms of baseball. And uh, I, I remember doing a story on both of them one spring and asking them about the other. And this was. This was back when every GM except Sandy Alderson played major league ball. And Al Rosen told me, oh, you know, you got to wear a jock strap to be in this position. You know, kind of a kind of a rip on Sandy, you know, who, who was a fine athlete himself and decorated, you know, in many other fronts. But uh, but it, it was just funny how, you know, the Giants back then were, were old school and the A's were kind of the new wave then. I'm talking late 80s when, when Alderson, you know, started, you know, following the Bill James handbook of, of guiding a team and you know he was very successful at it and uh but anyway susan what do you yeah think? i do i i think that it used to be a little bit more of a strong rivalry remember the um local regional sports network and i can't remember what they were called at that point used to do this pre-baseball season luncheon and treasure island and have uh, all the bigwigs from both teams there and ray fossey used to spend so much time ripping the Giants at the podium. And I think they're really, honestly, that did create a little bit of tension and more rivalry. There were a lot of shots taken, but particularly Ray seemed to take that extremely seriously. And since that thing went away, you know, whatever, eight or nine years ago, honestly, I really, they've got the trophy thing now, what do they call it? But I don't, I don't get the sense that anyone cares about that trophy. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. They show it, they, that's for the T, they do it for, on TV, the presentation. Um, I don't know who holds it right. I guess the Giants hold it right now. I don't know. Maybe they'll dig it out somewhere. The Brody but, Brazil trophy. But this is going to be a tough – this is going to be tough because, I mean, the Giants aren't, might not have Solano. They might have Solano. They're probably not going to have Slater if a guy's got an elbow injury. Um, I don't know. What do you got? I mean, the A's really have to be kind of favored to – of the six games. Well, at least let's just do it these three because the other games are later. I mean, I, and, I mean what do you guys uh, – all of you got to make predictions on the series. I mean, what, do you, what do you all think? Well, let, let me just say something. It, when you look at the lineups and, and you know, I, I, you go through the A's, like I said, there's only one guy hitting above 270, but everyone gets on base and everybody hits home runs. And looking at their, you know, career marks and who they are and what they can be versus the Giants lineup. And I know Crawford and Bell, you know, have, you know, had better days. But uh, other than Solano and Yastrzemski, there's really nobody in the Giants lineup who could crack the A's lineup right now. I mean, Solano having a much better year. I mean, Kemp gets on quite a bit, second base, but Solano's hitting almost 500, you know, 15 straight games, you know, hitting. And Yastrzemski versus, you know, any outfielder out there because he plays anywhere, I would say, you know, he might crack that lineup. But really nobody else. Um, and, and uh, you know, the pitching on the A's obviously better. So this is this is a case where the A's are just extremely uh, at a higher level, and you know, other than last year, you know, how far back do you have to go where the A's were so dominant um, over the Giants? And the Giants, you know, it, it, I remember the the A's kind of wanted to be the Giants. They wanted that big payroll. They wanted that ballpark. Well, now the Giants want to be the A's because they're going at it in, in an analytic uh, uh, way and trying to do the things the A's kind of helped invent. And it's going to be a long journey because this is an organization that was built on scouts and Brian Sabian and um, 
you know, Bruce Bochy doing the way they did it, and they did it very successfully. But now it's the new wave, and they're really far behind Oakland. Yeah, well, that, you know what? That's a good point. I, I honestly, I, going from the angel, facing the Angels lineup to facing the Giants lineup, that's going to be a, a fairly stark difference. Uh, Henry, if you want predictions, I think the safe thing I'm going to say is uh, A's take two of the three because Manaya's been so shaky. But yeah, they can piggyback him pretty easily if he gets in trouble early. The A's have plenty in the bullpen, so and uh, coming off a day off, uh, it could be a sweep. Uh, John's answer was so long, I forgot that I asked for predictions. Um, Matt. <laughs> Two or three sounds fair. I mean, Gosman had a, was pretty tough last time, right? I, I'm not sure. I mean, the A's had a rough outing a couple nights ago against uh, Dylan Bundy, who I know is a little bit of a different uh, type of pitcher. But they've had some trouble against starters uh, in the early going so far. They've, I think they've had four or five games where they haven't scored until the middle, fourth, fifth, sixth inning against starting pitching. So uh, they've definitely been handcuffed by some starters so far. I'm going to go Giants two out of three for a couple of reasons. Uh, just one, the, the crazy nature of this series over the years. Um, and, and also, the Giants are finally committed to putting, uh, you know, Belt, Dubon, Crawford, and Longoria out there every day. And that really, I mean, they, they're doing it not for the offense. They're doing it for the defense. And uh, so I'm just going to be contrarian. I had a question for Matt that has nothing to do with anything uh, reg- regarding the series. Ma- Matt, Matt is a young dude. If you don't know, you can't. You know, I mean, I think you're in your 20s, right, still? No, early 30s. You're one of that new breed who actually like to type standing up, which is actually, I hear it's wonderful for your posture and your back. And and actually, we we have older people at the Chronicle who are like, before we had to start working at home, who, who like copy editors who are in their, you know, 50s and whatnot, standing up. Um, are you able to do that in the setup that you have over there in Oakland? You kind of have to improvise because the, the, we have these little, like, there are tables there. And so they're a little bit lower and the chairs are a little far away. So what I end up doing to stand is I just put my laptop on my backpack and stand. <laughs> so you can, you can make it happen, but you have to be a little bit creative. I know, I mean, I used to be really weird. I would just be standing in the back of the, uh, the A's press box in the back row, hovering over everyone. Uh, which I'm sure looks real, real weird. Um, probably the same in the Giants press box too. But yeah, it's like you have to, you definitely have to have your laptop at like a good height because if it's not, then you're bending over and the whole posture thing gets ruined and your back ends up hurting. Well, I think what you were doing was you were reading screens in front of you just to steal stuff. Well, uh, that too. Yeah. Uh, so listen, this was this was a lot of fun. We should do this again when they, whenever, whenever they do the A's series i don't know when that is um, well hey, we have no idea. Let, let, let's let's clarify two things we didn't know uh, yeah. the giants play in oakland september 18th to 20th and johnny cueto had a blister on his toe oh blister on his field what did i say yeah. bunion, bunion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's exactly the same um <laughs> God, i really should pay attention to the team i half cover um so uh you can read all of us john shea and i on the giants Susan Slusser and Matt Kawahara on the A's. Nobody covers Bay Area baseball uh, with as much experience, depth, and people as we do. So thank you all and uh, enjoy the series. Thank you for listening. Look for another joint Giant Splash A's Plus podcast before the Bay Bridge series in Oakland coming in September. The Giant Splash is a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Podcast producers are King Kaufman and Alan Johnson. The theme song, Batter Up, was written and performed by Lauren Gold and Ray Eastless. 
Support The Splash and all of our great journalism by signing up for a Chronicle membership at sfchronicle.com slash pod.